thought, folks. He was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best. Whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights here on WABC or his own website, BillOReilly.com, his interviews, his TV shows, his columns, all amazing, killing series, doing a tremendous job. On with us every Thursday, John Katsimatidis every Monday. And, of course, uh, his morning message on this show at 7.20 every morning is really good stuff. And, in fact, Bill, I want to start right there today because on your morning message today, you told a story, which I don't think most people know about. I did because you and I spoke earlier, but about these three little girls apprehended by the Mexican government, or picked up, I should say, all five years and younger. And he talked about this video, which is heart-wrenching, that most people don't even know about. Tell us about that. You have to start with uh, the, the fact that the Biden administration has allowed an open border. They say they haven't, but everybody knows that's the truth. You don't get five and a half million people in two years, foreign nationals, coming across the southern border unless it's open, and record amounts of hard drugs accompanying those people. All right? So that's the fact. So earlier uh, this month, there were three little girls on an island in the Rio Grande River near Eagle Pass, Texas, but on Mexican territory. And they're a little bit younger than there are, because we researched it yesterday, nine, seven, and 18 months. Wow. All sisters from El Salvador. They're there on the river, looking at the river in the bush, crying. Mexican authorities hear that, go in, and there are the girls. Now, if they had gotten in the river, they would have been dead. They would have drowned. Right. Okay. They take the girls, and they photograph it. It's on tape. And I saw it on a very obscure Internet site. I said, what the deuce is this? Um, Check this out. It it checks out 100%. And those girls are now in a foster care situation in Mexico, which is not you know, a place you want kids to be. Right. No adults around anywhere. None. Now, you know that there were adults that took these kids from El Salvador to the Rio Grande River and get there by themselves, but they could be dead. Cartels could have killed them. They could have abandoned the girl. Nobody knows. Not a word. Not a word from the Biden administration, from Chuck Schumer, from Kristen Gillibrand, from any liberal politician at all. Not a word. And worse than that, the networks had this video, because I ran it last night on the No Spin News, all right, on BillOReilly.com. They didn't run it. (laughs) Of course they didn't. Of course they didn't. When you say, of course they didn't, some people would say, well, why? Because they don't want to make Biden look bad. I mean, the document thing is the same story, Bill. Him and Donald Trump basically, basically do this. Right. And it's Trump. Volume. Right. 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 Okay. But, but here we have, in the 1960s when I was in college, the liberal sweep came into the United States. 
peace, love, rock and roll, give peace a chance, John and Yoko, everybody's got the peace symbol. That's that's what liberalism was. Hey, by the way, by the way, just a quick note for you, talking about the peace and all that stuff. Today happens to be Janis Joplin's birthday. There you go. Yeah. Great, great singer. Um, anyway, and millions of Americans became liberal because... They didn't want war. They didn't want violence. They wanted to protect people. They were rooting for the underdog, um, civil rights. The people who are getting hammered were on their side. What happened to that? What happened to that? So now you've got an amazingly horrific human rights problem on our southern border. It's a human rights problem. Silence. Silence. They're cowards. Wow. You know, it's funny, Bill, in that everything you say, I basically agree with. The only little point of contention you and I have had on these amazing Thursday conversations, which is the reason why I'm number one, by the way, thanks to you. Um, the only thing I'm, you have, have uh, called Biden, you talked about apathy, and he's not all there. And I'm always saying, listen, I don't like the guy. There's more evil than, and I think I heard you say a couple of days ago, that you're kind of almost there with me. You're at the point, I don't like the guy. Is this a tipping point, the border? Well, the border has always been my number one issue, going way, way back to uh, the O'Reilly factor, um, because I understand how dangerous the cartels are. And two things happened recently that made me personally dislike Joe Biden. Number one was that cynical Three Amigos show in Mexico City, <laughs> where the three of them sat there, stood there, and ignored this whole human rights issue. It's Mexico's fault that this is happening. And Biden will take no action against Mexico. Trump did. And because Trump did, Mexico was forced to put its army on the border with Guatemala, which stopped a lot of this. And they were forced to put the army on the northern border with the United States. Biden, first day in office, all right, wiped out all of the impediments that Trump had put in. All of them. The second one that really, really knocked me. Let me guess. I'm going to guess. If I'm wrong, just tell me. The second one was the speech he made MLK Day. A hundred percent. See how brilliant you've become talking to me? <laughs> it's true. Before Rosenberg started talking to me, I got, I got to say, mid-level intellect. Maybe. At now, best. Now, even his wife's impressed. His wife's going, boy, you really, you really schooled him. Um, so it's Martin Luther King Day, and, and he's down there in King's Church in Atlanta dividing the American people, telling blacks, hey, America hoses you, still does it. You're getting a bad deal here in this country, and I, Joe Biden, I'm going to make it better, which is a whole bunch of garbage. Biden's not going to make anything better, okay, because he's lazy and he, he's simply incompetent. So when I saw that, I said, this is a day when you're supposed to celebrate the achievements and the things that have improved because of Dr. King. Right. right. Not, <laughs> not foster division and hatred and grievance, and, but he doesn't get any of this. And that's what's frightening about 
80 million people voting for this man because you voted for a cipher. No, 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 no. Nobody voted for Joe Biden. No, I know. 80 voted million voted against, against Donald Trump. Exactly. But still, it, you knew, you knew this guy. I, I, I mean, you had to know. I remember telling liberal friends of mine on a beach in Suffolk County, um, if you vote for Biden, and they're big libs, and, and, they, and they started in the 60s and they remain to this day, he's going to hurt you personally. He's going to hurt your wallet. He's going to hurt you financially. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. And Oh, oh, oh. well, today, today their net worth is down about 20%. Wow. Well, listen, even Donald Trump came out of the uh, the woods yesterday after a brutal December. He put up some some video on his uh, truth, whatever, social, whatever it is. And uh, he's going on and on about China. And he referred to the Biden family two or three times as the corrupt Biden crime family. So now you're at your wit's end with Biden. Now everybody's really quick to call him a crime family. Is that an exaggeration from Donald Trump or pretty accurate? Well, look, I mean, Trump's doing the same thing to Biden that the Democratic Party did to him. So I haven't seen the president uh, or talked to him in a while, but I I think I'm going to talk to him uh, upcoming. I'm going to say, look. Wait until the facts are in. Hyperbole at this point gets us nowhere. There are enough facts to show that after two years, remember, next week will be two years that Biden has sworn in. Okay? This is a disaster that it's James Buchanan, Herbert Hoover, and Joe Biden. I mean, the three worst. You took Jimmy Carter right out of the mix, huh? Well, Carter was a one-termer who screwed it up, but it got unscrewed. I don't know, uh, you know, the damage that Biden is doing to the country, it's got, particularly with the massive amount of spending. I mean, and this is another thing that galls me. I put the deficit down. I drove the deficit down. You know how he drove it down? How? They stopped the COVID checks. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's right. how the deficit fell. Yeah. He had nothing to do with that. Okay, that was just by law. We're going to have COVID checks up to this point, and then they're going to stop. And he takes credit <laughs> for driving the deficit down because the COVID. And he it's doesn't true. say it's that. True. It's true. No, you're right. But you know what's ironic here is that you're about to say that at least after Carter, Ronald Reagan came in and saved us. And I've heard a lot of comparisons, which may or may not be correct, a lot of comparisons between Trump and Reagan. Here's Trump's chance to be really Reagan if, in fact, he wins again and tries to save us from this Biden disaster. Well, Trump did a good job on policy, generally speaking, in the four years. But you never know it because he didn't. You know, I was on Cuomo last night. And Cuomo even admitted, Chris Cuomo even admitted on News Nation that Trump did a good job stemming migration, illegal migration. Wow. He admitted it. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so all Trump would have to do if he wins again is come back and do what he did. He cut taxes, uh, invigorate the uh, fossil fuel industry, which drives the left nuts because we're all going to die for global warming. <laughs> and, you know, in California, they're already underway. All right. They're going to, you know, it's raining every hour on the hour now. Um, but I, I just get so angry at people who just say, I'm liberal, I'm noble, I want to help humanity, I want to... And they look at this border thing and they don't say a word. Nothing. 
I mean, it just drives me nuts. Um, well, how much time we got? For you? Four minutes. How about that? Excellent. All right, Giants, Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Let's okay. Go. All right. So my heart is with the Giants, and the Giants could win. Oh, no, what is it? But you, I, I know your heart's with the Giants, and you're a great New York treasure, but you were a Jet fan, right? Yes. Okay. Um, The Jets are my number one team, but that's like rooting for cardboard in a windstorm. (laughs) I mean, I know, I know. It's been a long time. There you go. I I really hope you guys win a few games. (laughs) Well, you know what's funny? You're close, and so am I. Both of us are close with Joe Namath. I know you're very close with Joe. Uh, Great guy. We'll talk about Joe. Um, but yeah, he, anyway, but, but he came on my show a couple of months ago. Even he admitted at this point he can't get upset about the Jets. It's no, so- I mean, it's, it's you're just it's like the '62 Mets. You know, right. you know what's going to happen. Marv Thronberry is going to drop a throw, and it's over. It's just going to happen. But the Giants are there. And, and even if you don't like football, and, and there's a lot of people, I don't care about it. It's good for the city. It's good for the area. It's exciting. Saturday night, okay. But so much pressure is on Daniel Jones. Never been there before, okay? Never been in the playoffs before. The whole team is depending on him. He's the offense, not Saquon Barkley. Barkley's a good player. He's a good runner. But it's got to be Daniel Jones. And I'm sitting there going, I know the Eagles are going to try to tear his legs off. All right? They're going to put a spy on him, which means that there's going to be the meanest guy on the the Philadelphia team is going to follow wherever he goes and try to just whack him every two minutes. And, And for a kid, a young man, to be put into that situation is very daunting because Philadelphia is a good team. All right? They're, they're organized, well-coached, good-skilled players. Now, the Giants could win, but Jones is going to have to play his A game like he played in Minnesota. And it's so much to ask for him. But, you know, the rivalry between Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, which if you go to Philadelphia, you're hysterical by that. Are you kidding me? And I'm not disparaging Philly. The people who live in Philly mock the city of brotherly love. I will disparage it. How many other football stadiums had jails and judges downstairs inside the stadium? Right, and people don't know, but they had hangman's nooses, you know, right outside the visitor's locker room. This is a tough place, okay? Benjamin Franklin would not recognize it. It's a tough – and New York's a tough place. But we're so much bigger than Philadelphia, and we have more – I mean, if you want to see a play, you're not going to Broad Street. You're going to Broadway. Okay? So there's a little jealousy down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they want to kick our tushes up here. I'm not sure the giant players, the younger ones, understand the animus there. Oh, they don't. No. No, this goes no, all this goes, Let me tell you, Bill, this goes all the way back to one of the most famous hits in the history of the NFL when Chuck Bednarik nearly killed Frank Gifford. Frank, that's very good. Frank Gifford, uh, the golden boy of the Giants when they played at Yankee Stadium, and this mean, nasty Bednarik <laughs> gave him a concussion, and Gifford never recovered. He never. couldn't play running back anymore. They had to put him out as a receiver. That's Still right. brilliant. That's right. 
Uh, but that was, yeah. But that was vicious. Anyway, uh, go Giants. Uh, go Daniel Jones. I'm hoping I wouldn't bet the game. You wouldn't take the eight points? No, I wouldn't take them. Wow, okay. Fair enough. Uh, it, it is scary because if there's going to be a blowout on Saturday, to your point, it'll be the Eagles, not the Giants. But the Giants can still win, so it is a weird, uh, a weird dichotomy. Either way, go Daniel Jones, go Giants, go Bill O'Reilly. Another amazing appearance on the way out, killing the legends, killing the killers, killing everything. What's the new deal today on BillOReilly.com? Well, tonight we're going to go into um, how this country needs to wise up because there are so many people who are just not paying attention. And as I related earlier, you know, when I told people, we have to demand here that our elected politicians do something, solve problems. You can't just vote and get them in there. And then I think we should all go over to George Santos's house if he has a house. I think he lives in a, a tree house, I think, pretty near me. And we just throw him in the Long Island Sound and let him just paddle away. I mean, oh God. that is a story district, like. And I, I mean, I'm walking out going, come on, George. I know. I know. What a crazy you know, story. Yeah. It's over. Now he's a drag singer down in Brazil. I, I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. It's crazy. It is crazy. What a what a uh, what a story, Bill! You're amazing. You're great. This is a great appearance. We'll do it again next Thursday. Go Giants! Thank you so much. Okay, Ted. you're the best, the absolute best. He's right. George Santos was a drag singer in Brazil.